What's up, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to an episode here of the podcast version of Palangi Studio of Rock, only on Radio Wigwam. If you want to hear the live versions, make sure you tune in every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 UK. Right now, let's welcome Rex and Zach from the new band Uncured here. They've been kicking ass out there on the scene. Let's have a chat with them. What's up, everybody? Welcome to an, another episode here on Palangi Studio of Rock, only on Radio Wigwam. Let us know where you're tuning in here, because we are going digitally worldwide here right now. Shout out to some of our supporters, Envious Music Magazine and Alyssa Ebersold Concert Photography. So if you guys need reviews or live concert footage, they are the ones to go to. Now, today we have Zach and Rex. Lo- love the Love Rex, especially the way it's spelled. From the band Uncured going on here from New Jersey. What's up, everybody? Hey, thank you guys so much for having us. Very excited to be here. Hello. Not often I do two people at once. I think I've interviewed that, uh, I think, once or twice before. So it's it's cool having two people on rather than one person. Yeah, no, we, we've, uh, we've been doing a lot of interviews lately, and I um, feel like it gets a nice flow. That's right. Yeah, we do. We've done a few together, and when I uh, bumble, he uh, steps in. <laughs> And everybody tuning in for the video version here too. They are twins, believe it or not. You're not you're not seeing one person duplicated. They are twins, everybody. Uh, Fred, Frank, I hate to correct you on your show, but we are actually two years apart. <laughs> are you? Re- no way. You, uh, I would have lost a bet. Well, I mean, we can go with it for this call, just you know, for that. But, <laughs> um, but we we've been doing this a long time, and it's you know, I'd say like old married couples start to look more alike. That's sort of what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. You get into it. You guys say your voices sound very, very similar. Yeah. In, in speaking. Yeah. And, and in uh, uh, growling and stuff like that and screaming. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, just, you know, I uh, got the same genetics. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's good that you guys, what made you guys want to do music together? Cause I know some brothers, they're just like, dude, you know, I'm doing this. We don't play together. Right. Things are clashing. Uh, I, you know, we actually never really experienced that. Um, because I think music is one of those things that brings people together. And, um, it, it seems really counterintuitive to, to, for us to both want to be musicians and not be doing something together. That doesn't make a lot of sense, but, um, you know, yeah. we, you know, we don't really have that kind of brotherly, like clashing of heads. Um, we, we got things working really smoothly. So it's, you know, it's, it's great to get to, to be in this position. Yeah. We've been playing guitar together since we were uh, 10 and 12. And oh, wow. yeah, we pretty much, you know, like most people, we started off with just like uh, the Squire uh, practice set with the, uh, the amp that's included. We uh, picked it up and we quit a few times, had lessons here and there, but it um, didn't really stick until we were probably like, you know, 14 and 15 ish. And, um, and from there, we just started playing together and then uh, writing songs together. What uh, what kind of guitars do you guys use? Let's start off. I love talking about brands and gear. Yeah, we're we're Schecter sponsored artists. So what do you? Think? Yeah, so um, we have a nice variety of Schecters. Currently, I'm playing the. Uh, we're each actually playing the JL7 from what 2016 or 2017. 2017. The 2017 model, which I believe is the last one they made. Last one they made. Oh, okay. And we have the uh, Schecter Hellraiser um, C7 as our uh, backups for touring. Okay. 
Is are they six string or seven strings you guys uh, use? All seven strings. Yeah. So yeah, we play um, always B standard tuning. Okay. I'll just you know, clarify. I'm sure you know, but if somebody doesn't, it's a six string with a, another string on the bottom of that, which is tuned to B. So, uh, you know, just, you know, traditional fourths on the bottom. So it's not a drop tuning. And uh, we do have a lot of, you know, parts that are in different keys and stuff. So uh, we don't change guitars, but since we use Axe Effects, we just use a, um, a pitch block. And, uh, ah, okay. All right. So much easier because, you know, if you're, we have our set coordinated to just one click the whole way through. Yep. I'll pick up my guitar and put it down multiple times throughout the set. But, um, you know, Zach and uh, our bassist don't really have the ability to do that quite as much. So everything is just coordinated. Yeah, I noticed that. Do you like coming out on stage with the vocals first? Because I just seen some footage of you guys. And because there's a lot of energy. And then you're like, wait a minute. He's picking up a guitar. What <laughs> 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 you just described is exactly what we're going for. Yeah. Start with okay. a lot of energy. And then it's like, okay, I feel like I've seen it. It's like, but wait, there's more. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind right. of the goal. So um, we want to keep things you know, as fresh as possible. And I see, I see like, uh, you know, stars in other genres of music doing that all the time. Like, I'll, I'll give you two examples. For example, like, yeah. Sean Mendes does it all the time. Machine Gun Kelly, right? Not necessarily a big fan of either of them. But it's exciting when they get a guitar, and then it's exciting when they put it back down. So I was like, mm-hmm. why, why aren't any bands in rock and metal doing this kind of thing? Yeah, even like Daughtry, I noticed. I mean, he's a singer, but he does play some electric and some acoustic on some of the songs. Because some of the songs, they need three guitar parts with, with their stuff. So, and it's, it's cool. It's, I, I like variety too. And I think you give that to the audience that way. Uh, just wait till we can get one of those big old grand pianos on stage. (laughs) But you don't need them nowadays though. You know what I mean? They have really good keyboards that sound, I know it's not exactly the same thing, but they sound, let's say 98%, maybe 95% close. No, I would even concede the point and say they can sound hundred percent as accurate but it's the aesthetic, right? You know, you have that big, glorious grand piano. You stand up on top of it. That's totally different than if you have a little keyboard. Yeah. So if you guys did a huge stage show, that's what you'd want. You'd want a keyboard, or a, not a keyboard, a piano right up there, and you'd get on top. Because I notice you get on top of that box a lot, too. Oh, that's right. Those yeah. are actually our um, drum hardware cases. So one, well, one is a drum hardware case, and one is... The poor drummer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, one, one of these days... I'm definitely going to put a foot through it because I can feel it like bouncing a little bit, giving. Yeah. I might want to tape that up underneath a little bit. Uh, Reinforce uh, it with something. Yeah. Put a board underneath it. Let's just hope that we get it on uh, camera. That's right. We've been using those since 2017. So they've uh, made it this far. There you go. What company is that? Because the props to that company. I think it's called... um, Road, I'm oh, check. Yeah, it's yeah. called like Road Run, not Road Runner, Road, Road, Ready. Road Ready. Road Ready. Okay, I've never heard of them. Yeah, I mean, I've been, uh, I've That's been cool. for, yeah, over five years, almost five there years you now. Go, yeah. <laughs> so, you guys, right now, audio version, I know you guys can't see this, but they are in a studio because I just seen some sound panels. Yeah. Is that your own studio that you guys own? So, this is Conclave Studios. And it's kind of our home base for all operations. Okay. Yeah, actually, everything everything that we record is tracked in this little... Well, you guys can't see. Uh, Frank can see me, but nobody else can. But everything is tracked in this little area right here. So um, 100% of all the guitars tracked right there. 100% of all the vocals tracked right here. 
And um, oh, okay. we're also rehearsing this room as well. As well. So, you know, the space is, you know, wildly important for rehearsing, but as far as the actual recording goes, it's all done in a very small amount of space. Okay. Well, I can hear a little bit of the room sound and stuff too, and that's that's sometimes that's what you want in your recordings, not entirely dry, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um also we are talking like right up to a wall, but um Okay. Vocals, so it's I am singing it at the wall, but it's it's a that's a mild distance away. Kind of kind of what you said, like the right amount where there's it's not super dry, but yeah. Ninety percent dry, so that um, that's what gates are for, right? Put a little gate on it, and you would never know. Yeah, it's like it's super pristine. Everything is very pristine. That's kind of what we're going for. Who owns the studio? Uh, so our dad owned a studio in New York called Conclave Studios, and it was relocated. So oh, awesome! We, we growing up, we were just you know working at the studio uh, for years, picking up tricks here and there, you know, rolling cables, but learning a little bit at the same time. <laughs> yeah, living <laughs> in the studio. That's how you learn. Yeah, no, for for sure. And, you know, even though we've been, we've been playing guitar for longer, but um, I've been doing, you know, studio production work for probably seven or eight years now as well. So all of the production on this, um, I'm I'm spearheading now on, on Cured Records. But uh, that that's a pretty long, that, that skill takes a long time to really acquire. Yeah. You know, like you can, you can get, you can get to a point where you can, uh, record things and, and have a general understanding of how it works. But to really go from that to a professional level mix, there's a yep. pretty the science behind it. Pretty big gap in that. Level yeah. It's years and years to get there, but um, you know, still, still constantly learning. And that's kind of what makes it so exciting. Do you, uh, do you do all this stuff too? Or just like, I just play guitar and I'm happy with it. Rex does most of the, um, I do the audio, but Zach's the visual. That's guy. right. I do um, all of our social media as well as filming. Okay lighting um so whatever goes up on facebook and instagram xfx programming that's right yeah we shoot it all. <laughs> yeah. so we have um we each have different um like a different skill set and we uh put it all together to make our content that's yeah, perfect hide and conquer um so you yeah. have this the new ep coming out uh it's called my design and literally it's designed by you guys and uh I was going to ask because, um, you know, I have a home studio here and I was listening through it through my monitors and stuff. And I go, it, I wonder if this guy, cause I could tell, I go, I wonder if this guy produced his own music and I wonder what it's like if they're, cause I didn't, I didn't know if you guys were signed or not or what the deal was, but you know, how do you like having, let's say control over your own music and your own direction and the ability for you to be like, you know, change this in the mix and you know what i mean if you're mixing it yourself and there's a lot of options yeah so it's it's kind of a blessing and a curse at the same time but um i i wouldn't really want to have it any other way so we yeah. take comments from you know professional mixing engineers guys that have won grammys stuff like that we've we've worked with people like that and um you know pick up pick up tons of of new little tricks every single time and that that's kind of one of our mentalities is to just you know, absorb as much information as we possibly can. And the way that you do that is you listen twice as much as you talk. Uh, or <laughs> That's a good one. That kind of thing. Um, but, you know, it's, it's fantastic that we have the ability to do all of those fine things. And then especially when we go to do it live, um, you know, there's a lot of parts that can't be played because like, you know, a, a manufactured drum kit. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and you got the synth parts. I heard strings yeah. and the choruses and stuff. Yeah, so, you know, if you're working with a studio, it might be harder to get access to their tracks and stuff. But um, no, I just I just walk in here, pull up mm-hmm. a session, and uh, off we go. <laughs> so, so you guys, do you do the old, I know you play to a click, right? A lot of times? Yeah. Or just, yeah. The, or just the track without the click? No, uh, everybody has a click. Oh, okay. I actually out of my ears in a couple of spots um, when I'm singing. But occasionally, I will give myself a guide, which also, in turn, kind of acts as a click. So okay. Like, bing, bing, bing. bing. <laughs> I like just the piano in the ears of the vocal the part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because sometimes, I, I haven't used any ears before, but I know with stage monitors, sometimes you can just completely get lost, and you're like, I don't know what I'm hearing right now, because it's, so, it's either so loud or... You know, I always like a lot of sound guys say that, you know, if you don't turn your stage volume up, you'll be able to hear more with the, the monitors and stuff. But I'm, I'm not sure with any ears if it's like, can you hear, is it like, a, you know, being in a studio, kind of a CD where you can hear everything clear, but then you also hear kind of the outside world. So we've always, um, we've been running like a quiet stage. The only thing that makes noise on stage is drums. Okay. It pretty much sounds similar to when we rehearse. We just hear like the drum kit on the stage behind us. And then we all have our own in-ear mixes. So I have like a lot of guitar and a lot of click as well as like the uh, backing tracks. Like okay. the synths and things like that. Yeah. So another way to, to, I guess, think about it is everything is self-contained. So let's say we show up to a venue and none of their monitors work. That doesn't make a difference to us as long as the PA works and if they have any center fills. You know, basically everything for the audience needs to work. But yeah. um, apart from that, we don't we don't need anything back. So everybody has their own in your mix. Um, nice. So you can run your own stuff and be like, "No, nah, I just want to turn that down. I don't have to say to the sound guy, turn down this." Yeah, I mean, a lot of times we'll even just strike the monitors from the stage so that we have more physical space. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, no, it's nice to not to not um, be relying on anybody else. Uh, in those kind of situations. And I say this a lot. I go, no offense to the sound guys out there, but it's just, they, they don't know each band's sound. You know what I mean? All these bands are coming in every night and you guys know what you need and you want. And sometimes it's not on purpose, but sometimes they don't always listen to artists. (laughs) I work for a house guy is um, actually our manager. So we we were pretty, pretty tightly knit. uh, Perfect. So we're, we are five, five people when we tour, uh, the four guys in the band and our manager who uh, also does front of house. Wow. Uh, he also drives. I drive as well. Zach, I drive Zach, a little Zach bit. can drive, you know, a little. How old are you guys? <laughs> I am 24 and I'm 22. Okay. I was like, I don't know. They might be like 20 or something. These guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. What, uh, did you guys have different guitar styles though? When you first started, you know, did you like, these bands but then you liked no i would say it's it's always been pretty much the same we listened to a lot of dream theater and opath when we started um we listened to like a lot of shred stuff together and okay there's no like classical thing but for the most part we've always had like classical yeah we've always had a similar taste in um music more recently we've been like for guitar but more recently we've been listening to like um like like different genres from each other, but I'd say we have the same guitar influences. That's cool. That's rare too in itself. Be like you guys just put on a track right now, and you're both like, "Yeah, I like that stuff." You know what I mean? You're yeah, not annoying have, each other. 
Yeah, there's there's a lot of bands that he likes that um, I don't prefer, but we do have a pretty large crossover as well. Like, that's Mark cool. Stewart is probably Motionless and White. Uh, we like Blackfield Brides a lot. Um, yeah. But then I, I also listen to like a lot of uh, Morgan Wallen, for example, and Zach doesn't like that quite as much. What about uh, you guys into, like, when you first learned, did you learn Metallica, Megadeth, Ozzy, Dokken, like that kind of stuff? No, we learned a lot of the classic riffs, but um, not, we didn't quite go into studying other people's stuff right away. We actually started just, like, writing our own stuff more so first, and then later kind of circled back and studied what other people were doing. Oh, that's cool. That's a different way of doing it. So instead of it kind of ingraining in you from early on, it was more like find out what you naturally want to play and yeah. then you know, go study other people once you are starting to find your sound a little bit. Right. So all the guitar gurus out there, what's your favorite scale to play? Do you have like a, a scale that you guys write your songs in sort of? You know, it's like there's always like a go-to. Well, listen, we're in B standard, so B minor is the obvious choice. <laughs> but, uh, Doesn't have to be. <laughs> well, I, I think it's important though to... Uh, to have songs in different keys and stuff like that. So there's a couple, um, well, not, not on my design, but you know, we're working on newer stuff now as well. So there's a couple in drop a, and we covered one step closer by Linkin park. That's in C sharp. Uh, yep. we write, in C, you know, we, we try to write in every key. The one key that I don't believe we have any song in ever. Now that I'm thinking about it. Um, we really avoid seem to avoid D and F. Now that I'm thinking about it. Hmm. Right. But, you know, the just majority, because I mean, yeah, I, I try to think of how like it lays out into a chorus. So, you know, if you're going to be in B, you're the highest note that I could probably get there would be a, you know, a B4 or B3, depending how you count it. Yeah. So, like, My heart is bleeding, for example, that that is in the key of E and it goes up to that high, you know, B4, just as the highest note. Like, it, it yeah. can I hit that or not? Yeah. For example, if I was to, you know. We could have put that song in D a whole step down and it would have been A, which would have made it a much easier note on the high end. But for whatever reason, just didn't want to do it in uh, D. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys have seven songs and it's still an EP with seven songs. I think an album's eight. So you're just under. Well, uh, right. Physical is the uh, the seventh is only available on the uh, physical CD. Ah, okay. The first six on um, all like streaming platforms. That makes sense. So it's a little bonus track. And it uh with the um because I got I got you guys press release and stuff and I was looking at it and I go, Do you consider this kind of like your debut EP? You know how you have always have stuff you did before? And I know your style has changed too. If you guys make sure you check them out, the music's everywhere on YouTube and Spotify and stuff. It's it's a lot of I would I would call it death metal. I, I don't know all the subgenres, but you know, all the, the kind of screaming and growling where you guys kind of first started. I know it's with their music videos, which are, which are really cool. I was going to say, who's the visual one. Now I know. Well, uh, for the music videos, um, for most of them, we've worked with, uh, Dave Brodsky, who's done most recently, like Lorna shore. Um, he's done like a lot of revocation and it's ice nine kills, ice nine kills. Yeah. Yep, of- yep. Um, uh, well, yeah, well, this is, uh, yeah, what are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I kind of forgot too. No, I was gonna say uh, the the music videos. Uh, I don't know. You oh, see, folks, sometimes we just lose our minds. <laughs> I, I would consider this EP our our debut release. Like, it took us 
you know, five and a half-ish years of professional touring to really get at a point where we're like, this is uncured. This is how we sound. This is our message. This is what we're pushing. Yeah. Um, like we talked about this a little bit before the official interview started, but um, Let's Break Out is, you know, a, a relatively feel-good song. And uh, there's a lot of the songs on the rest of this EP that are much darker. So okay. it, I think um, I've, you know, I've said this before in a couple of interviews, but I think humans have such a wide variety of you know, emotions. It's not like you have one specific sound and one specific feeling that you have all the time. So I think it yeah. doesn't make sense to um, just to write into one specific kind of mood or energy. Yeah. Uh, in some ways, bands that do that, it feels a little bit disingenuous to me because there's so much more uh, to be expressed. And I think that you pick one specific avenue and always go to it. It's almost more about marketing than it is about real artistry. Right. Yeah. I was going to say that's probably the most commercial one I, w- I would have went with sort of. You always think about that. What's, what's that side of it. But then I would say the downfall of like uh, glam metal, let's say what you just said, a lot of it is exactly the same. They never quite, went to that next level. You know what I mean? There was ballads and then you had the faster rock tracks and all that kind of stuff. But like you said, you want to diversify. And I think that's, that's key too. It's not just changing keys of songs either, which it's, uh, I know it's kind of confusing for you people out there that probably don't do music, but I, I like to talk about the behind the scenes kind of stuff like that because I'm a musician myself. I love all that stuff. So, <laughs> I think uh, it's it's important to just have a pretty wide variety of things, and that being said, we cut plenty of songs as well. So, like, yeah, you know, at the same time, you do have to understand this is too off market or this is too off brand, and we're not gonna we're not gonna release this to the world as a representation of Uncured and what we do. So, I mean, that kind of thing happens all the time. Yep. Uh, there's a, but what I think is really great about that, for example, is you don't limit yourself when you're writing. So. We have right now for the, not even the My Design EP, but for the next release already 13 demos. Probably more than half of them are going to get cut because, you know, I'm writing something like crazy that everybody's like, Rex, what are you doing? (laughs) But I I still think having, you know, done that work, written that song, and then having somebody else step in and say, hey, we got to cut this because it it doesn't work. Um, You know, I just feel like do as much, you know, do the work and then, don't don't be like that connected to the point where you can't cut something that's not good. Yeah. Zach, do you find that um writing like songs in the in the studio is different than writing songs like say on your own or like um you know, like say you write a song in your room but you, then you bring it to the studio and you're like, "Geez, I'm, that doesn't work." Um for the most part all of the uh, writing does happen in here with um, like the purpose of writing in mind. Okay. I will say that every song we write, we do want it all to sound different from other songs. Like we don't want to release the same song eight times. So yeah. it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's good to have ideas that, and like songs that sound completely different from one another. Cause we always hate it when a band puts out an album and all the songs are pretty much the same. So, okay. uh, like, but all of our writing is primarily done in this room anyway. It's not, um, I mean, I, I'm sure we, it would work to like write things in other locations, but um, we haven't needed to well, I, do that yet. I guess I would, just, I would just frame that a little bit differently. All of the compiling and, and 
putting all the parts together is always done in here. But a lot of times, like the start of a song or the spark of an idea will come just, you know, when we're not really even paying attention. So like I'll just be randomly humming something random or like have an idea for a lyric or something, just jot it down. And, you know, we I actually have a, just like a, a list of probably like hundred plus phrases or, or words or titles or things that I like. Yeah. Uh, that's always, what you want to do. Yeah. I just always write them down. And, you know, like we talked about before, I'd say probably 85% of that is always just going to get thrown out and never see the light of day. But um, it feels really good to walk into, you know, the studio with ideas. Yeah. Some of it, too, is never thrown away. You can kind of use certain phrases. You'll be surprised 10 years from now. You look back and you're like, That's, that was a cool idea. Let's redo this cut song from this demo and change this. And, and, yeah. you, and all of a sudden, it's like, whoosh, you're adding more fuel. And I think a lot of things too is songs that don't work are, you know, we talked about this a bit before, but a good learning experience as well, because if you started on it, there was something in it that made you want to pursue it. Right. Yep. Pursue that piece. But then at the same time, there's something that uh, makes you not want to continue pursuing it. So you get lost. I'm <laughs> standing that line and like, what about it worked? What about it didn't work? And then, yeah, like you said, you might just steal this little portion that was good. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a strange thing writing music and then writing lyrics and songs and compiling it together. But you definitely want to keep a list and doing everything. It's funny if you kind of split you guys like if you split me in half, where you you're the audio guy and you're the video guy. That's kind of that's kind of me as well. I, I love the the I shoot all my own music videos and and do my my audio productions and stuff here. So it's. It's nice. I've often thought I was like, what if I clone myself and I had a second person to help? And that's probably what exactly what I would do. Be like, you do the film stuff, whatever. I'll do the audio. Yeah, no, so, it's, pretty, it's pretty convenient because I personally don't enjoy doing camera stuff. Like it's, uh, it does. I just don't like it. So, okay. It's, it's really nice to just get to delegate that. Not going to sit down and do the frame by frame, the, you know, all the stuff. I'm not not a fan, <laughs> okay. but you can do it editing wise, right? You go, you go set, you know, oh, I love second audio. by second. Yeah, no, I, I love audio editing. Exactly, that's funny. They're similar though; they really are. Yeah, um, I guess you know, Pro Tools just feels very familiar and comfortable. And uh, even though I can work in Premiere, it it feels very clumsy. Yeah, I'm sure. If I were to dedicate more time to it, then it yeah, would, for sure. You know, it would, do you do you edit the music videos too, or you just come up with like the plot and the ideas and for, uh, no, so um, like all of our official music videos are usually done by uh, Dave Brodsky. Yep. All of like our like uh, guitar playthroughs or studio videos or like um, videos shot in the studio here, I do all that. Okay. Well, let's break out. We did one official music video, but we did about like 12 or 13 promotional videos. Um, so Dave Brodsky did the music video, edited that. And um, the Zach, reels that you've been seeing on your Instagram, all of the reels from the studio. Like we did some with fog in here with like um, a bunch of lights in just this room. It's more of like a playthrough of the song. Yeah. Like playthrough, but it also needs to look cool. Cause that's what you have to do for social media nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know how to describe it. You always got to put on a show or something. It's gotta be something intriguing. There's so much that you're competing with and it's hard to capture attention, right? So um, obviously we're, what we, what we do needs to be 
Let me choose my words. Let me let me choose my words carefully. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, we want to be able to capture somebody's attention, right? But you know, we're not um, just trying to put out brain rot. I'll, I'll put it that way, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know uh, what you mean. It, well, what I was gonna say too is I can answer it maybe for you. Is it pertains to what you're doing? It pertains to the music video. I actually thought it was like you guys probably just did that as extra footage while you were on the music video set for that reason to have well, later. So you fooled me. Yeah. No, no, that was <laughs> and um, you know, when we had the the what nine girls on set, it was just all about shooting the dance scenes and stuff. Yeah, and they all had guitars too. It ended away. I was like, that's interesting. And I was gonna mention, I have never seen a hard rock band dance in a song. So we we don't really what, dance. What's the story yeah. behind that? So I'm kind of flirting with dancing in that video, but not <laughs> we're not like together. Um, but you know, the girls are dancing, which we've talked about this before. I just think it's unusual that, um, dancing has been strictly relegated to what, like two or three genres. So pop, yeah, yep. pop and rap, right? Like there's no other genres that really have dance. Associated. Maybe a little country. If you count the line dancing kind of stuff, that's <laughs> ah, different. That's more of an activity, dance. but I, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. The point is like, Nobody can really argue that case for rock and metal. It's just been completely separate. So yeah. I don't think that makes sense. And especially because Let's Break Out is an active rock song with elements of metal, but also elements of pop, strong elements of pop on that one. Um, I thought that was the perfect song to have dancers because I've been wanting to do that for a long time mm -hmm. and just yeah. the uh, right song to do it for. Different, it was a very different idea, too. When I we, uh, we have another video... Uh, coming that we actually just saw. two actually yeah two more that we just saw one of them we just saw the draft for and uh it's brutal it's visceral for a much heavier song okay yeah. so for anybody that wants to say uncured is too soft uh we got another thing coming <laughs> <laughs> well you have that background you know what i mean where a lot of a lot of stuff was was screaming and growling and yeah. you know real heavy and intense and then I was like, okay, you know, they're they're getting into the singing now. You even did like a kind of an acoustic cover song. I think during COVID it came out. Yeah, the yeah, Adventure of Highway. Yeah, that was like really, really different. You know what I mean? Which is not necessarily bad because you, you kind of want to throw people off every once in a while. Right. Yeah, you got to keep them on their feet. Like, yep. as we said before, we can't, uh, you don't want every song to sound the same um, from like the same album as well as like album to album. Yeah. It's, um. If you're like making a TV show, every episode can't be the same. <laughs> sure it can, man. There's a lot of them today. <laughs> hey, listen, watch Criminal Minds. I, I like watching that show because it's the exact same episode <sighs> every time. I know within 40 minutes, they're going to catch the killer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there you go. <laughs> exactly. I, I was I, always a fan of you guys like horror movies, but like Twilight Zone and that kind of stuff because it's, it's uh, you know, it messes with your psyche, some of it, or it's or it's smart horror. You know, I mean, there's a different story every week, let's say. No, I, I'm a pretty big fan of horror movies in general. Um, like a lot of, you know, a lot of the more psychological ones, but also I'm not above watching like torture porn as well. Like, like hostile. That genre of like, like the Saw movies, for example. Oh, like, Saw movies are really good. They, they have a essence of, um, I don't know. You know, a little bit of the Halloween and the Jasons and stuff, but it's yeah, it's a little funny. It's kind of got yeah. that like comedic edge in some ways, or it's where it's a little bit more self-aware, rather, I should say. Yeah, and you guys, uh, everyone, I I just noticed this. So you guys like to work out. We were talking a little bit about 
maybe talking about some food. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I like to talk about other things, you know. So, well, I'm curious, how does it relate to you with your singing? Cuz I know you can't just eat anything you want and then go on stage and you know what I mean? Some things do you stay away from some things? Uh, so the most interesting thing about my physiology and singing that I've realized is, um, all dairy. No, no. Well, I'll, I'll go Sure, We'll go into detail. So, uh, my dad just had a hernia surgery. Our dad just had a hernia surgery. Okay. And I went to my, uh, general annual physical, my annual physical. Thank you. And the doctor was like, Hey, you have a pre hernia. You might have one in the future. So I went to, uh, our dad's hernia surgeon <laughs> okay asked, i asked him like you know general questions and stuff and he was like so what i think is happening here is your diaphragm is two to three inches lower than the average males so like like even though even when i get really lean you know i got like a i'm dense here like like i'm i'm big <laughs> so that's because my diaphragm has dropped down like two to three inches so i mean he was saying that might cause a little bit of pressure on your organs, intestines, all that kind of stuff. I was like, whatever, doctor, I don't uh-huh. care. But it's not, it's not, it has to do with working out or anything. It's just a natural thing. No, no it has to do with singing, running and working out. So, um, oh, okay. my breath capacity has just like improved and improved and improved. And, uh, as a result, my diaphragm has dropped so that I can hold more air in my lungs. So like I could, you know, I could clean up if I was like betting somebody, I can bet you I can hold my breath longer than you. Like, yeah. What's the downfall of that? I guess maybe one day a hernia. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. But you know, the thing is you get surgery six weeks later, you're cleared to go. So I'm, I'm not concerned about it. And um, frankly, yeah. I would make that trade for great breath capacity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you, what, so do you do vocal warm ups? Do you do, you know, for guitar stuff? What do you, what do you do? You just kind of run through things or. Well, we always do like a pre-show ritual. We always warm up. As much as you can before. Sometimes it's hectic if it's like, um, you know, a crowded backstage and you got to get your stuff set up. Uh, you have no time. Like I always try to get changed in advance and then um, warm up the guitar as much as I can if like another band is playing. Yeah. But sometimes like you can't get to the guitars because they're buried behind other people's stuff. So that's it's always unfortunate when you can't. um, Then do you do the air guitar or you start to move your fingers and you're like, I mean, I that would say, be. Let's just here. Let's show them. This is this is what I always play on guitar warm up. Is the John Petrucci? Oh wow! On acoustic? Well, no, no. This is. You always play. I don't even have a pick. Oh yeah. I mean, I just like to warm up with basic, like um, chromatic stuff. Just whether it's. That's what I. Yeah, one, two, three, four. Yeah. And- <laughs> Everyone knows the spider exercise where you like keep your fingers on the strings. That's a good one. Yeah. And I, call it, I call it the crawl. Yeah. And that's probably some, one of the best exercises you could you could start with, mm-hmm. I think. For like do you start that fast though? Or do you start like really, really slow? I mean something that's simple. I'd only start really slow if my hands are cold. And oh, okay. Two where it's like like uh you know, ten degrees outside, you're freezing. We did a tour in Canada in the winter. My feet were cold the entire time, like right. all month, the whole month and a half. Cold Come feet. on, man. You're like a boxer jumping up and down. Yeah, it's like you never like start lifting a heavy weight if you're cold. Like I would not try to play something fast or that had stretches if my hands are cold. Yeah. Um, what was it? We have, 
But like, if your hands are cold, he does do easy stuff. And then there's like um, the stretching exercise, where you like keep a fret in between each finger, and it's harder on like uh, the seventh string with the bigger scale. So. Yep. Yep. What about uh, vocally? Uh, vocally, I do a um, what my you know, voc- a vocal coach I've worked with. He calls a vocal ease track. So it's not technically a warm-up track. It's actually something that's just supposed to relax your voice and kind of um, vocalize. Put it, yeah, put it in a in a different state. So uh, it, I mean, it does work as a warm-up as well. And uh, and then I'll frequently pick like one song per tour that I'll sing half of as like my you know my pre-show song. So like when we okay. with Carn Effects, for example, it was Morgan Wallen's cover of "Cover Me Up." <laughs> Um, when we did this last tour with Butcher Babies and Lacuna Coil, it was uh, Burn It Down by Linkin Park. So, you know, just basically any song that's kind of in that pretty easy range. Um, yep, yep. Burn It Down, I didn't sing the chorus uh, because it, it was too high as a warm up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, you're going to be screaming that? What? <laughs> oh, no, no. I'll just like casually, like lightly sing the verses. Um, yeah, so I would, I would like to pick one song and just kind of you know, know how it feels in, I guess, in the body as you sing it, that kind of thing. Yeah. About lip trills and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. All that. Yeah. That's a good for you. I always call it the motorcycle. He was revving up the motorcycle. Yeah. I like those with your tongue slightly out and always start voiceless because, um, oh, that's really? The very first exercise that I do, and I always start them voicelessly because you want to make sure that uh, the breath support is coming first and foremost. And then, you know, the notes themselves are just traveling through that same stream of energy. So, yeah, that's that's good advice. I like that. And I guess one other thing I do since we're on the topic is in the mornings, I do not speak for roughly an hour to two hours. Um, I guess like if I have to, that's different. But I, I try, try very strictly not to. So it takes um, a full hour for like hydration to hit your vocal cords. It's one of the last things to get hydrated. Oh, okay. So like, let's say you wake up immediately pound a bunch of water. You have enough water in you to be hydrated, but it hasn't necessarily gotten your vocal cords yet. So, um, everybody knows that, you know, if your cords are dehydrated or they're too swollen, like that's, you know, if you're singing or speaking a lot on that, that's where you can kind of have those problems. But, um, so I'll wait an hour. And then the first thing I do before I actually start speaking is I have a cup of water with a big boba straw in it. And um, I'll basically just do like blowing bubbles and then blowing bubbles on. Um, yep. Donation and a yep. slide. That's out. what my vocal coach says. Do it in a, like a bottle. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic for you because um, that's one of the only ways to have, you know, close the circuit of your vocal tract. So like without the pressure of singing, cause you have, you have pressure coming from, you know, from yourself internally. Yeah. And there's no way to close that system besides this one specific thing. So what it does is it kind of relieves some of the pressure coming from here by um, just like causing more of an equilibrium. Okay. That's probably the best advice any artist has said on here vocally (laughs) that I've had besides my vocal coach, because I've had her on, she said stuff similar, but she was, uh, she worked with, uh, we had James Michael from 6am and she was in his band and uh, I, I work with her on, on some vocal stuff, and she says a lot of that stuff is in the straws. I finally bought those vocal straws because she's big on them. 
and they're like these different millimeters and it depends on how you're feeling, you know? Yeah. So there, there's usually three main straw sizes. They have the Titsy straw, the like regular bendy straw size, and then the boba straw. And I always prefer the boba straw because yep. um, I guess it, it feels like there's less back pressure from that one. Whereas if you have the small one, then obviously you have to kind of push more air through and less comes back at you. Yeah, I read it where it's, it depends on your voice too. Like, you want to work on your high voice, do the thin one and this and that. I'm like, I'm using the thick one. That's fine. I would say if you're a male that kind of speaks in like regular lower range, um, you know, you don't sound like, like Charlie, that Charlie Kelly from It's Always Sunny. Uh, yeah. you, should, you should probably be doing a, a thick straw. Yeah. Like me. <laughs> yeah. I definitely use a boba straw. And obviously the more water you put in, the more it'll probably feel relaxing. Like if it's just a little bit, then it's you know closer to just regular phonation. Yeah. Love that advice. Everybody tuning in here on Radio Wigwam, Palangi Studios of Rock. What's going on, everybody? Make sure you tune in here on our social media. Let us know where you're from. This will be available on YouTube as well as you see me right now. Hello, everybody. And, um, you know, we're going to have reruns of all my interviews, too, on, on the station and the show. So, And it all goes to Mixcloud, too, after, guys. So you can definitely check all that stuff out. Now, before we go here, do you have... Two questions, maybe, maybe three. But what uh, what other guitars do you have besides Schecter's? And do you play other instruments? Let's start off with those two, really quick. Um, I would say out of all the guitars we have here, almost all of them are Schecter. We only have a few that we got like before we were Schecter artists, like um, this acoustic that we had here, which we got when um, right at the beginning, our first acoustic. Long time ago. Yeah, yeah so everything we've gotten since becoming Schecter artists has been uh, Schecter. Yep. But we do have just like a couple other instruments, like, you know, a Music Man bass. Um, okay. Ibanez guitar, yeah. Uh, what about vocal mic? What do you use? Uh, just classic SM58 wireless. We okay. Did, we did try, um, well, and, and two wired ones um, for Zach and Micah, but I use wireless. And we, we did try a variety of different ones, like, you know, different, um, like, you know, cardiac microphones, different kind of stuff. and AKG and Sennheiser yeah, yeah. and whole bunch whole variety i think we tried like six um cat audio shout out to cat audio everywhere for hooking me up with this <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we just found that you know the, the best one overall for a live performance was the classic sm7 wow sm58 i always use the beta for tons and tons of years love the beta but um i switched over to sc with the miles kennedy mic i just i love that now love it but the yeah i think i know what you're talking about yeah, they come out with... He was the first artist signature, I think. Then I think they have another one out now, but it's so, you know, it's tour rugged and how he describes it. It's... I, I actually, you know, I think it's better than the beta. I mean, I've used it for years, but I was like, this is... A, it's a little bit condenserous at the same time. That's not a word, but... Well, but it's <laughs> out of a condenser, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um... I forgot my other question on here, but so the other songs on your EP, when, oh, when's your EP come out? Uh, June 2nd is the current um, uh, potential release date. If it get, it could get moved back, but that's what we're aiming for at the moment. All right. Now you said the other songs are some brutal ones on there. Is there uh, is there a ballad on there? Yes, yes. There is a ballad. Yep. So are we, we got- going to have slow dancing in that, in that video too? No, that's, uh, that's got a different energy to it. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
Now, is it a breakup? You like slow songs? Everyone thinks it's a breakup, you know? Uh, no, I mean, there's there's elements of you know, it elements based on relationship things, but it it's got a a, a different uh, point yeah, to more it, of an emotional song. Okay. And um, we have you got a big tour coming up too, and uh, you have a couple of huge festivals. Talk about those quick. That's right. So we got a uh, welcome to Rockville coming up in May, I believe. And then we also have incarceration in July. Sweet. And plan to have like um, a lot of U.S. states running into and out of those shows. So um, that should all be coming soon. It's still in the works, but um, uh, still to come. Awesome. Those are those are huge shows. You get on those. Oh, yeah. We're the audience still- will go. Pew. Yeah. <laughs> And, and everyone too, I noticed, I, I didn't know it until I looked it up, but you know, hate breeds, singer, hate breeds, sing with you guys, butcher babies, other, other artists have gotten on stage and sang with you, which is really cool. Oh yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. We got, yeah, we got to play uh, destroy everything in front of 5,000 people in Germany. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man. So you guys, what's it like going overseas versus playing here in, uh, in the U S well, we've uh, gotten to play in South America once for a tour and Europe once for a tour. And they were both uh, quite fantastic experiences because like South America was our first time there, but we had a great crowd reception. People already knew us. And it's so different from the United States because we're flying between shows as opposed to like driving. Yeah. The, the fans there are just so energetic and they just love their metal and rock so much. And um, we definitely can't wait to go back there. Awesome. Well, look for these guys out this year. I know you got some dates in March and you have some stuff coming up. So they're going to keep announcing things, I'm sure, as time goes on. That's the way it works. You know, it's always like, hurry up and wait. Yeah, that's right. That's Yeah. So thanks, guys. We got Rex and Zach from the band Uncured here on Palangi Studio of Rock, only here on Radio Wigwam. Any last words and advice, maybe, if you guys have for. I always ask this for up and coming artists or artists in, in your situation. I would, I would recommend to have a mindset that, you know, constantly propels you forward. Right. So um, don't, don't get, let yourself get like sucked into like a circle of negativity. Just always be looking for, um, you know, a way to improve, even if it's like 1% per day. Right. Uh, yeah. Constantly stay on that uh, mentality of, of uh, every, I guess everything is a journey and you're just trying to be as good as you possibly can. That's right. All right. Words of wisdom, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you guys soon. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the podcast version here of Palangi Studio of Rock, only on Radio Wigwam. Catch the live shows every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 UK. Chime in on our social medias and make sure you see any of these video repeat podcasts on YouTube and go to frankplanty.com. Appreciate it. Hope you guys come back and I will see you soon.